Hey everyone, the episode y'all are about to hear was pre-recorded this past weekend. It's now Monday, March 27th, and I'm sure just like us, you all have heard and have been watching the news about the shooting that happened this morning at the Covenant School here in Nashville. We just wanted to come on here and say that we are praying so hard for everyone involved in this tragedy, the families and all of the first responders and the children. This is honestly so heartbreaking. This is a parent's worst nightmare and absolutely cannot imagine what the parents of the children who lost their lives are going through or even feeling at this moment. Even the parents whose children go to the school and were affected, I'm sure they're at a loss of words and can't imagine how they're feeling either. This whole situation is so sad and I just can't wrap my mind around what would make someone do such an evil and heinous thing, but it's becoming more and more frequent. We have to start taking action and collectively as a whole, figure out what needs to be done to stop this tragedy from happening. This episode, like we said, was previously recorded, but coincidentally, we get into anxiety and it almost goes hand in hand with the situation as far as fears and what we fear daily as moms and parents. We didn't want to just release today's episode without addressing anything about today's event, because when something like this happens, it affects all of us so deeply and it's something that needs to be talked about. So we are continuing to pray for everyone involved today and for the days to come because we can't even imagine what they're all feeling. Thank y'all for listening, and here's today's episode of Girly Talk. Girly Talk. Hey, girlies. Hey, girly. Hey. Okay, so I wanted to ask you if you were so pumped about spring break. Um, I'm excited. Um, I have a game planned because we're moving this month. Um, yeah. this month, like April. So um, my plan was, since Travis doesn't have many days off like he doesn't have a consecutive weekend off it's just Saturday um that I would go ahead and pack up as much as I could pack and try to get some of that stuff taken over and like take that load off of him and do that during this week and then um I know you had mentioned going to some like indoor thing um so I told Gunner if depending on when y'all plan on going if he's at my dad's that I would take him yeah, that'll be fun. I know. I um, I really just want to like declutter and get some stuff cleaned out. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to not have to wake up and like get the kids up. Like I can get up normal time and do things before they actually get up. Right. Like I do want to take them to do something fun um, at that indoor park, but I think we may, that may be the only day that we actually do something because they enjoy being home just as much as I do. So it's not like a, like a problem for them just to stay home, but I have to get some of this stuff out of my house. Okay, so listen here. You know how you said you had some topics you want to talk about? This is just like fresh off off the top of my head. Um, And I'm going to kick myself later for saying this. But Anna, um, you know, my dad's like our family friend, Anna. Yeah. um, She was talking about offering classes for working out. And I was like, well, I'll do it if you can, you know, make sure like um, she has an older daughter, Avery, who's a little older than Addie. So they would be able to yeah. like help with the younger kids. So I could be able to focus my attention on Anna because Anna's mm-hmm. got a nice body. You know what I mean? Like she knows what yeah. she's doing. So I'm yeah. like, I want to get there. Um, so I was thinking, um, I guess, hold on a second. Surprise. We started a TikTok. Um, I was thinking of kind of like not doing a segment, but kind of like making our listeners be accountable for me being accountable. Does that make sense? Like, yeah making them be accountability partners. So that was something I was hoping to try to start this week over spring break. If my kids will get better, I'd like to go stay. You've active. had a rough week. Yeah, I've had a rough week. If we're holding our listeners accountable for being accountability partners, um, I have a suggestion for myself. I need to stop snoozing and stop setting 50 alarms. 
<laughs> so I'm gonna need a um stop snoozing accountability partner. Accountability partner. You're gonna need a morning girly to be like, listen here. I love it though. Like, what's wrong with me? I will set an alarm for six and I'll wake up at six and I'm like, all right, 15 more minutes, and the next alarm goes off. Try to go back to sleep. 615 alarm goes off, and I'm like, really, what is wrong with me? Because I feel like I enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy snoozing. <laughs> I, so Travis usually is home, um, or just now getting home or around that area, um, around that time of morning. And so I'm, I personally wish that he would just like come in and quietly wake me up. And by quietly wake me up, I don't mean like come in and like snuggle and like, uh, try to just come and in the bed, but just kind of be like, Hey babe, time to wake up. Maybe like start a morning coffee routine between the two of us. Maybe not coffee, like hand me a Red Bull in a coffee cup. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. <laughs> Something just to Literally. stop again. I don't like alarms. Well, Shane, like I feel bad. He is not a morning person. I have to wake him up. Like I do my kids. How I talked about Chevy. Like I have to get him out of bed and stand him on the floor. Right. If I could, I would have to do that to Shane too, if I could pick him up. But <laughs> like he is not a morning person. So and then I feel bad. Like he gets up and he has to go to work, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I get up and yes, like, I, I come home and I still do things around the house, but I could nap if I want to, or I can sit and watch my trash TV or so I don't like, I, I complain about it probably way too much for not waking him up when I get up, but I just don't. So like, it's me getting up with all four kids. So when I snooze, I'm just like setting myself back further and further. And then Shane's dead asleep, but I'm like, just want to smack him or something to wake him. No, I, I, uh, I completely understand. But I just want coffee in bed sometimes. So I feel like that's probably a girl thing, but. Okay. So, so I would say, let me rephrase this. Um, if Travis were on the same schedule as Shane, there is no way in hell I would want him waking me up and giving me coffee because he is not a morning person. So I do not need that energy first thing in the morning. It's his midnight. Like it's him coming yeah. home, being ready to crash. And so that is the exception to me personally. Yeah. I'm like, all right, he's already awake. He yeah. can come wake me up nicely. Um, but if it were the other way around, mm-mm. doesn't Shane still like that one coffee that you go and get somewhere? Um. Oh my gosh. Black Rifle, something, something. Yes, yes, it's Black Rifle. Yeah, you can buy the cases of it at Sam's, but he loves it. He loves the store. Like, he has all the Black Rifle shirts. and I've never seen it, but I know um, every time we're at Sam's Club, you're like, okay, I got to get Shane coffee. You got to get Shane coffee. Yeah, he's a big old Black Rifle coffee drinker. Have you ever had Dutch Bros? Mm-mm. Wait, is that like a is that like an airport coffee thing or no? Uh, they just put one in Rivergate and there's one in Clarksville. Kim got me on it. I've only had it like two or three times, but Kimberly Anderson. Yeah. She <laughs> ran in and raved about it. And so I went out of my way one day to go get it from Clarksville. I was in Clarksville, but this one was like 15 minutes away from like Target and stuff where I was. And so I drove there and I think she said that they make it with like chocolate milk, I guess. It tasted very smooth, if that makes oh. sense. Like it wasn't bitter. It wasn't like you could taste it had coffee in it, but it was just, I couldn't explain it. It was just so smooth, I guess is the only way I can say it. And so I had messaged her about it and she was like, yeah, they make their coffee with chocolate milk versus like regular milk, I guess, but it's really that, good. That sounds like my cup of tea. That would be yeah. something like I don't I'm not a big coffee drinker like I will admit that obviously like I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan hint Lorelai <laughs> being named Lorelai I've tried the coffee thing like I've tried to be obsessed with it I've tried liking it um and I will drink it like I like some of it but it's not like I just to me it feels like a dessert it doesn't feel like yeah. a morning wake-up beverage like I don't understand how people can wake up 
first thing and drink something so sugary, but I'm not like a sweet person yeah. either. Like sweet. Maybe I'm like weird. I don't know. I always get espresso in mine because I like the coffee bitterness. Like I, I wouldn't drink just straight black coffee, like a caramel macchiato. I get those from Duncan. Yeah. And I feel like Duncan is always so hit or miss, like how they make your coffee anyways. But <laughs> yes. um, sometimes it's like super sweet, but I always get like an extra shot of espresso because if it is super sweet and that does kind of give it a little bit of bitterness to kind of break it up. Yeah. So I do like that, but I can't just wake up and make coffee. I usually get my coffee either before I drop them off at preschool, like after I drop Chevy off or after I drop them off at preschool. So eight or nine is when I have my coffee and I'm up at around six. So I'm not a first thing when you wake up coffee drinker. I'm used to um, being dehydrated my whole life. Like with the coffee thing, like my mom was one of those who, <laughs> excuse me, you laughed and everything. She, uh, she would like wake up, drink coffee that would be her breakfast. Um, Diet Coke used to be her go-to throughout the day. And then she would smoke. And so it was like coffee, Diet Coke, cigarette. Like that was her diet. And I'm not like hating on it because I feel like it was a very 90s trend, you know, was early 2000s and however old I am now. But that's kind of like kind of what I'm used to is watching her drink coffee, her do the Diet Coke, and then her smoke. And she stayed so small, like so skinny and never was hungry. So I feel like there's a a trick in there somewhere like it's a filler but whenever <laughs> you're like all right let me change my diet real quick and see see what happens let me see if this works but she did Travis, she would die if he, Travis would die if he walked out on the balcony to smoke and you're sitting there just <laughs> like what are you doing I I wouldn't say I'm envious of smokers but there's something romantic about it like I know people are listening going, what the heck is she talking about but think about it like are you, I'm so sick of you laughing. I wish people could see you right now laughing at me. <laughs> um, but like people can like walk out and just go sit and smoke. And they're, you know what I mean? Those people are outside at least however many times they smoke a day. You know, like yeah. they're outside, they're seeing the, the surroundings. They know the weather temperature. They know all these things. I am, you know, locked down on kids 24-7. So the chances <laughs> of me going outside by myself are very slim to that. So I feel like um, smoking is, is an escape. And I have been tempted to to even, you know, consider the possibility of smoking just to go outside and get a break and just be like, listen here, like, I need my cigarette, you know, like, I feel like there's a respect. um, I don't think your kids would leave you alone, though. They do it to him. And that might just be a daddy thing. But I was about to say, that's probably a common denominator with kids and their dads because whatever it is my kids will jump in the shower with a jug of sweet tea in a cup before they'll you know a family reunion in the bathroom every time you go to pee take a shower anything I've given up on doing anything with the door shut honestly like I'll you know just leave the door open I'll pee with the door open I'll take a shower with the door open I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna be frozen because you know I never got to lock in the hot air with the door shut but there's no point if I lock it they're just gonna knock until (laughs) no I've had friends and I know this sounds so silly um I think so when I say romanticizing smoking, I'm thinking of this in like a French aspect and like, I was picturing Greece, like yeah. Sandy Sand or like, you know, I'm, okay, you, I don't know where you got Greece. Cause when I think of Greece, I think a sister of traveling pants, but for smoking, cause that's where Lena was from the uh, Rory. I never watched um, sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> Okay, we need a whole segment of the ways that you are messed up. You haven't seen Steel Magnolias. I watch way too much trash TV to be watching these movies. (laughs) You watch the classics, like the best movies ever. Like, I can't believe you haven't seen Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Like, that is the most staple childhood movie. classics I'm good on. Um, The other classics that you, you know, ragged on me for 
Steel Magnolias is a I southern did. staple. Did you watch, um, oh my gosh, Hope Floats? Should I hear um, now? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Just go ahead. Podcast over. Episode over. There will be no more girly talk. Friendship <laughs> over. I apologize for wasting y'all's time. No, when you said romanticizing it, Sandy at the end of Greece, like she didn't smoke, but she knew that Danny smoked. And so she was trying to, she essentially like wanted to change herself to be with him. And so at the end, you know, she's like smoking with her leather that's, suit on. That's what I thought. Okay, of. Yes. That's a decade. That's a decade smoke. That's a different smoke. That's the like the, the diner girl smoke. I'm yeah. thinking of like the French, like, have you seen Emily in Paris on Netflix? No, no, but I've heard about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, for them, like the French have a different mindset. Like work to them, like their weekends are their weekends. You do not work yeah. on the weekends. When you're at a work party, you don't talk work. Like you you socialize, you're at a party, you don't speak of work. So they're yeah. their their mindset is totally it's just they're more in the moment. They're more put yourself first, like they go into work later. Um Whereas in America, you're on this like industry uh, hamster yeah. wheel, just constantly going, going, going. Then they're like luxury lunch breaks and um, they're just smoking. And I feel like that, you know, I feel like that ties into it because they're not really hungry for lunch. <laughs> she just eats, yeah. she just smokes for lunch. But that's my idea of it. I'm like, I've seen moms who have these like perfect little cute setups out in their garages with these little couches and they go out for smoke breaks and the kids know like, She'll be out there for a few minutes. She'll come back in. Then we can talk to her. Yeah. This is not me promoting smoking at all. I'm just, this is a mom. I mean, if you're dream of getting, my own, getting my own time. I was going to say, if you're a mom out there that gets Most to do these yeah. little, even for two minutes, I'm a little jealous. I tried to take the dog out earlier and Bo and Finley opened the door and I was like, go back inside. These kids are raising up our front window, trying to figure out how to climb out the window to get out there because I told them to shut the door. I'm like, can I just take your dog out? That was a loophole. It was like, oh, hey, you not just give me a minute. Like I wasn't even doing anything that I enjoyed. I was letting the dog out. <laughs> Don't really <Right>. enjoy that. <laughs> um, I would like to say that Kayla had plans for uh, the way this podcast would go. I wouldn't say plans. She has topics that I'm unaware of, um, which is unusual for us. Usually we kind of have some kind of idea of where we'd like the podcast to go. And then it just derails. Yeah, well, but I was in the car driving today and this like was this before or after you honked at me this morning. Oh my gosh. Y'all, if you ever see Leslie in public and she's in her car or if she's out and you're in her car or you're in your car. Just start honking. She hates it. No. Oh my gosh. It's it's so I would throw hands with Kayla every time she starts honking. I saw Kim and BJ and the kids. Uh, I was leaving Taco Bell tonight and they were walking to the Coolios and BJ's like waving his arms and I just start honking. And he appreciates it, right? Yeah. Not when uh not when we're passing by because your car is just like a lot of people have Dodge your Dodge uh whatever it is i feel like you're um, the only person i know though that cringes at the thought of somebody honking at you no i feel like that's a i feel like that's a normal thing no one wants to be honked at it's alert it's an alert thing it's like a fire alarm you hear a fire alarm but if we're passing you- each other and i'm like bah, 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 i could i, I could understand just- when i was behind you <laughs> and you're at the stop sign at the end of the bear wallow trying to turn on to what is that 49 yeah you know that's like such a hectic stop sign to try to get out at and that day that i was honking at you Chevy was like, why are you doing that? That's your best friend. Yeah, Chevy's I was got like, Chevy, it's funny. And he was like, no, it's not. And then you're probably so embarrassed because that's already like a hectic stop sign. Yeah, and now he he thinks it's funny. Now he changed sides. I can never tell. Like I told you, I want to put a little blue sticker on the front of your van. So when we're in passing, I know for sure it's you. 
Because you know how many, um, you know, cracked all the way across because my husband thought it'd be a good idea to shove as much wood as he could into my car and then close the trunk and then it like pushed the wood up against the windshield and cracked it. Yeah, no. And it's kind of hard to tell from like. You can't tell driving. Yeah, Yeah. you can't tell like the sun's hitting it, whatever. And so I, there's like three cars that drive from Bear Wallow to our morning route every morning. Um, And so I always wave thinking it's you or. I throw out explicit hand signals thinking that it's you. Um, and it's <laughs> never you. And so I'm like, by the time I, you come around, I'm off guard. I'm just like not waving at this person. I almost honk at this gray Honda Odyssey every single morning because it looks <laughs> just like your van, but it's gray and you can't tell it's gray to get right up on it. Yeah. And I've honked at her a couple of times. <laughs> See, you should be honking at people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was driving earlier and I thought about this post that I saw on Facebook. I know that I shared it. So I went back and um, looked for it, but I was like, do you ever have like these thoughts when you're driving? Like I'm terrified of bridges. Like I don't want to stand on one when I drive over one. Like if I can, I just floor it, like go as fast as I can. Cause I'm terrified they're going to break and I'm terrified mm-hmm. of heights. And so just like dry, like even if I'm going to Riverview and you have to cross over that big bridge, really in reality, what are the odds of it breaking but my first thought is like, okay, if this bridge goes down, like I have all four kids in my car. So like, what am I going to do? Like, who do I get out first? Um, should I carry life jackets in my car just in case? These are the thoughts that go in my head as I'm driving constantly. Um, I would say that's more common. Like I've had that thought process um, for all my Jacksonville people listening. Um, in Jacksonville, we have the Buckman. I mean, Jacksonville, pretty much there's bridges all over um, yeah. the St. John's River. Um it's just a there's bodies of water everywhere because it's florida well the buckman is a it's a big bridge um that would probably set you in like panic attack mode just from the change of scenery from that yeah. bridge um but i did i used to keep life jackets in the back those little jumpers those little, yeah, little jumpers. Jumpers. um i would keep those in there um i've looked up videos where you take the headrest off and use that to break your window um i invested in one of those seatbelt cutters that i had in my car when we lived there yeah. But yes, the fear is real. And I had made um, in all preparations for it. We went to Galveston Island, Texas a few years ago when Shane's uncle passed. And you have to go over this bridge that like it's a little like Galveston Island, it's a little island. So like you really have to go over this bridge, like over the ocean. And I was terrified. And then we like Shane decided to take the ferry back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, once we were leaving, like take it back to the other side. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool experience, like for the kids and stuff, but I was terrified. And I Have never, you- I always thought that I was just like insane until I saw this post. What are the odds of this stuff really happening? But like, you always think the worst. And I'm like, that's my, I can be just sitting here and I'm like, okay, tomorrow morning I have to go to Walmart, but let me get up before I get the kids up. That way Shane can stay here with them so I can go by myself. So if something happens, I don't know. Like it, I'm always like thinking of stuff in my head. That's not even real or it is pouring outside. Do you hear that? No, but I was just thinking, as you were saying, of all the possibilities and um, <laughs> circumstances, I'm thinking of um, the storm tonight. Um, it is pouring out there. It's Shane terrifying. and I canceled our 5-6 practice tomorrow, which is the early one, because it's supposed to be coming like going to be no way. You know, for storms, I feel the same way about storms. I'm like, I have four kids. That is more than my two arms can handle. Um, yeah. With us being in the apartment. I feel more comfortable, like any house we get or build or whatever our next step is, it's either going to have a tornado shelter, a basement or both. Yeah. Period. Even something like our house, it's like finished where the, you know, you make it usable space, but 
Yeah. You can go down there. Um, but I feel like I thought like this for a long time before I ever said anything. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was probably not, or I felt like I was probably the only person that thought like this and I thought I was crazy. And then I saw this post and I think me and Ashley had probably talked about it before um, I saw this, but I feel like I remember one day just being like, is this weird or is this crazy? And she's like, no, I think that way too. But um, do you want me to read it? Yeah, go. Okay. It says anxiety. Thoughts I thought were normal. When you're driving over a bridge and you envision it collapsing and how you will roll the windows down while also getting the kids out of the car seats midair before hitting the water and then waiting for the car to fill with water while holding your kid's breath and not panicking until the car is full of water and you can swim out with both kids. When you're anywhere in public and you can feel that if your kid leaves your sight for a second, they will be stolen and you'll never see them again. You've already remembered exactly what they're wearing in case this happens. When you're walking on a sidewalk, you have to hold on to your kid's shirts or arms because you're certain that they will leap into oncoming traffic. You envision it happening. It already feels so real, leading to short patience for fit. Oh, right. Leading to short patience for the hopping around little one. They don't realize their life could be in danger. When you're watching three different people in your peripheral view to make sure they aren't following you. It's being afraid of being in a movie theater alone. If I'm sorry, it's afraid of being in a movie theater alone, thinking what if someone hid and is waiting for the next movie to attack. It's making alternative routes when groups of people are standing around in case their intentions are to grab you or your kids and drive away with them. It's imagining what you would do in the situation. It feels like it's about to happen. Body in full flight or flight. I'm sorry. Body in full flight or fight mode. It's envisioning those bad intentions coming to reality and not knowing how to escape and getting your kids to safety. It's walking with your car keys ready at all times and rushing to the car like someone is following you in broad daylight. When you analyze every little thing you say, you are thinking about what you will what you will reply to someone when they are still talking because you don't want to be sitting there with nothing to say back to them. When you feel straight up socially awkward at all times, like everyone can see into your racing mind and know how uncomfortable you are. When you see a fire truck go by when your son is at school, you rush and drive by the school to make sure it's not on fire because you already envisioned your son stuck inside a burning building with no way to get out because you know that no one can look out for them like a mother can. When you're home alone, you feel like you have to look over your shoulder constantly when you are showering in the house alone and get out multiple times to make sure you're still alone. It's being bedridden in the middle of the day when you overstuff your schedule, when you're feeling good and then cancel when the day comes. It's the need to have everything in your control. It's driving yourself. It's driving yourself because when someone is driving, when someone else is driving, you can already see carotics. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like stumbling over my words here, guys. Um, It's driving yourself because when someone else is driving, you can already see the car accident in your head. It's triple checking car seat buckles. It's hours of car, car seat research. It's researching everything obsessively. When you're afraid to walk by windows in the house at night because you think people are already watching you. It's being prepared and ready every night for someone to break in your house and how you will protect your kids while fighting them off and where they will hide. Replaying this over and over again in your head. It's constant fear of the worst scenarios imaginable. These feelings are real. It's like a bottle of soda shaken up and the lid never releases pressure. It's why when your spouse gets home at five, you're done, maxed out, you're mentally drained, ready for bed. It's why every outing is a tiring event that leaves you with days to recover from. It's also easy to brush it off as just being a mom or just relax or just calm down or just don't worry about it. I am the face of anxiety. Invisible to the eye doesn't make it any less real to the person going through it. You are not alone. And um, first, I just want to apologize for stumbling over my words so much. Like as I'm reading this again, I'm like, okay, that's me. That's me. That's me. Like I, I've told you, I like duck pretty much when we pass cars, when I'm in the passenger seat or, and when I'm driving, I floor it past people because I'm like, what if somebody has a gun and I'm driving past them and they're just, you know, they're going to start shooting at me or something. So I was thinking the same thing. Um, and I want to like, I guess from both of us, like apologize for anyone who's listening. Um, I guess this would be like a good time to like, put in a trigger warning you know uh yeah you know what I mean 
Um, I didn't think about doing that. Um, I don't know how to approach the next subject without being um, insensitive. So I'll talk about my situation first before I bring up the other person's situation. Because of just like you said, um, in the city we live in now, accidents like that are more prone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know we both know of someone who's like recently experienced that in their own family. And I can only imagine that's that's something we already, you know, like you said, that's an anxiety we already think of, like that nurse who got shot, um, headed to work or headed from work. I don't remember which one it was, but she stayed on my mind a lot. And then I heard of, you know, one of our mutual, um, friends or acquaintances who had the same thing happen in her family. And that just like, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just, I can't like, that's one of the most, the most, I don't know, traumatizing experiences that I am worried about on a daily basis happening Mm -hmm. in real life. Um, As soon as I heard it, I was like, I think about that every single day. Like I'm terrified of driving too fast on the interstate. Like the guy who was driving from um, Christmas day or something, leaving Mm -hmm. his mom's house or something. Um, That situation here in Nashville, same thing. And then Ashley, Ashley accidentally um, make sure put that trigger warning in there for those of you who who are, uh, sensitive and don't like this you know death stories or things like that um Ashley accidentally got backed over your sister Ashley yeah yeah so for the kids they were I wouldn't say they were they still are they're terrified when it comes to vehicles I would say yeah or maybe I'm still terrified like I know that that was an accident um you um, yeah you opened my eyes a lot like I knew Obviously, like, don't, like, I've always held my kids' hands, like, don't run in parking lots, don't do this. But it's almost yeah. like once we got so close, I'm like, all right, run to the door or like, all right, run to the car. And just like being with you and you experiencing that. And then also like me kind of going through the motions with you, like after the fact and stuff and just being mm-hmm. with you in public, I've definitely been a lot more cautious and like, no, hold my hand all the way through because you never know who can like fly around the corner or, but I never... It's, it's almost like one of those things like, oh, that'll never happen to me. Yeah. And you're like, but then it will. And, um, or, but then it does, or then it happens to someone close to you. And another thing I think about too, is like putting the kids in the car. I can't like, I am like, that's my fight or flight mode too. Like, I'm like putting the kids in the car and I'm like, all right, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up. Or like constantly turning my back. Like, you know, Dak's like freaking out, bowing out. And I'm like, no, stop. Like, if we got to hurry up and get you in the car, I've got to get in. I've got to lock the doors. Cause my fear is like, what if I'm putting them in the car? Someone comes up behind me, grabs me somebody else gets in my car, takes off with my car and my kids. It terrifies me. The chances of you seeing me at Walmart parked, not beside a buggy rack will be slim to none. I always try to park between where that little area is, Mm -hmm. where there's a um, tree and then the buggy rack. So that way there's no one parked on either side of me. Yeah. Like I go out of my way to park there. And my kids are, you know, they, they don't freak out, but they're like, can I walk? And I'm like, no, you cannot walk. Like if you're, if you can fit in the buggy, y'all are sitting in the buggy. So usually I'm like, depending on what I have to get, that's why I usually go grocery shopping by myself. But mm-hmm. if I have to run for smaller things or grocery pickup is great too. But if I just have to run in there, I'm like, all right, Dak in the front, Bo and Finley can sit in the back. And if Chevy can squeeze in there, like you're also sitting in the back, right? but, or you're going to walk, but you're going to hold on to the buggy. And like, no, you're not going to look at toys. You're not going over the next aisle. You're staying with me. And like this said, you, you've already memorized what your kids are wearing. It's, mm-hmm. 
Same. No, I do that too. I'm just like, all right, red shirt, blue shorts, or like, I don't know. Like, it's like you already take like a photograph in your mind of what your kids are wearing so that you know. I know I buy multiples of like different shirts. Like if they have it in Addie, Gracie, and Kennedy size, then I try to have them all wear the same size or not the same size, goodness gracious, all the same color or the same shirt and do it that way just because um, then it's easier to remember. I know for like most people, they're like, oh, she's just so matchy matchy with her kids. Yes, it looks cute. I'm sure Addie gets tired of it because she's getting a little older, but no, like in reality, there was an option for each of the girls to have the same shirt um, in all their sizes. Then I would have them match because I felt more comfortable knowing that all of them were wearing the same thing. It would be easier to recite to a police officer. I do that too. Um, Chevy and Bo too. They, like if I go to TJ Maxx and they have the same little Under Armour Nike set in both their sizes, Mm -hmm. I'm grabbing it. And yeah, it's cute for them to match. I feel like I'm the overly, I don't know, like the over, not overprotective, but I don't know, overthinker parent, I guess is what you can say. I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I I wouldn't say that you were alone in in that. um, Yeah. But I used to think that I was because I would never talk about it because I honestly thought I was crazy. Yeah. But even like, not even just with kids, but how this said, um, when you analyze every little thing you say, you're thinking about what you will reply to someone while they are still talking because you don't want to be sitting there with nothing to say back to them. And then you feel up straight up. You feel straight up socially awkward at times when everyone, like everyone can see into your racing mind and know how uncomfortable you are. I'm like, that's me. I will leave a conversation and really like analyze it for the longest. I'm like, why am I this way? Why am I constantly thinking about what I said. Apparently I don't have that problem. Apparently I can just make friends with whoever. And I'm not like that with you. Um, Yes, you are. You like, I do think about stuff that I say, but only Uh, if like, if I thought that I was rude or if I like sounded bitchy or something. Yes. Yes. That part. Um, for us, Kennedy and Lorelai have been so sick this week. And so whatever, you know, will make them happy or, you know, comfortable it's kind of where we're at this point this is the perfect time for me only because all my kids are asleep and Shane is home so like Dak woke up right before we started recording and he was able to grab him um I'm sleeping when the baby sleeps right now like she has been so oh we've been literally in the recliner since Sunday and so I'm trying my best to just make sure I get a little bit of sleep in like today this week has been rough it's been rough usually speaking of um usually being a mom of four kids like it has its own challenges, but mm-hmm. when they're sick or when the baby's sick, that is the most trying. Um, do you feel that at your house? No, but I feel like it's coming. I don't know. Like, you know, when it, I don't know. I feel like it oh, hit that you. Hit, that hit close. Uh, that yeah. was like, no, but that, that was, uh, that was the most trying um, time is because she's, she can't breathe. So I'm having to like sit up with her in the recliner if she falls asleep, then there's not really much I can do. So like when like, just, you know, for example, Kendi walking in just now, if Lorelai was asleep, there's not much really I could do because it took forever to get her to sleep. And yeah. so if she needs help doing something, um, there's, there's not much I can do. So it's been mom guilt bad this week and just not feeling like I was good enough up to par. Like yeah. today, my grandma um, dropped off food for us because you know, just trying to help out. And she brought some, um, some barbecue sandwiches and some beans and, um, a cake. 
and just like all this nice things just to make sure like we're taken care of. But I was so uncomfortable with her being here because my house was literally a mess. Like if knock on wood, like say a tornado came through today, the tornado would probably probably be putting things back in place versus doing damage. Yeah. That's how bad my house is right now. Like I was just so embarrassed. And um, I told Travis after she, after she left, I was like, I'm so thankful for her. And I know her intentions were good, but I'm almost like, like, don't, you know, come over or don't bring anything because I was so embarrassed at the state of the house. Yeah. Travis is like, he's like, you have four kids. Like you're, you're taking care of them and yeah. you don't, like, you don't have the help. You don't have anyone here to help you. So you've been doing it night and day for the last seven days with no sleep. Like what? Yeah. Uh, you know? And not that she was thinking like, oh my gosh, your house is a mess. This is just me internalizing my own anxiety. Um, yeah. But it was, it was rough. It no, was you've rough. definitely been through a lot this week. And I feel like not even just like the mom guilt from them not being able to help. Yeah. But when I have sick kids, I feel the mom guilt. And you probably like, when I say this, you're going to be like, yeah, like that's been it too. But like, you're trying so hard not to spread it, knowing that inevitably it more than likely will spread. So you're mm-hmm. like, go to your room, go to your room, like get away from him. Don't touch him. Don't like Chevy head strep. And he had to stay with me and I felt bad because Bo and Finley, I'm like, go to your room, go play. You know, strep is so contagious and you're more than likely going to get it anyways. But like, I don't like, I can't, I don't know. Like I can't, I'm trying so hard to deal with this one kid and then the baby. And I have the most mom guilt when one or multiple of my kids are sick. Cause then you're trying to keep it from the others. But they're like, well, Chevy's cuddled up with you on the couch. And I'm like, he's not necessarily cuddled up with me, but I, you know, I'm like trying to get him to take his medicine or I'm folding laundry while he's sitting here and. Shane's probably gonna laugh when he hears me say folding laundry because there's you know still baskets of laundry in my living room. Um, but like an example of me sitting on the couch while he's on the couch, and I just I feel so. A, I have an L shaped, um, <laughs> an L shaped. What's it called? Sectional, and one whole side of the corner of like the L shape, like one whole half of the couch is covered with clothes. Well, I don't I know if anyone think- remembers me saying a few weeks ago that I had three baskets of laundry in my living room. Um. There's more laundry added to it, but there's still three baskets of laundry in my living room. Um, Don't judge. No, not at all. I feel like. Um, no, not you and anybody else is listening. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like they would either. I think they're just like, thank goodness for saying that. Like everyone has their their things. Well, we're I think- in like full baseball practice mode. And then like, yes, I'm here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I don't know what, any time I clean my kitchen, I don't know if anyone else is like this. I can't just like straighten up the kitchen. My kitchen is either a mess or it is sparkling clean. Like if I say I'm going to pick up the kitchen, I have to wipe everything down. I have to sweep. I have to mop. Like I can't just like, if I start picking things up, I'm going to have to like sweep mop, like do all like the deep cleaning. But I feel like I spend so much time on my kitchen that like I get little things done, but after school is the chaos. Like after school, I'm like, all right, homework. Um, got to figure out what you're eating for dinner because we're not getting home till nine or nine 30. Right. Um, you know, that's also kind of like their playtime because once we come back from the ballpark, it's bedtime. So I don't get anything done after school most of the time just because it's so chaotic. And they're, you know, they've been at school all day. So they're ready to just unwind and just go crazy. So I have to get whatever done in the time from dropping the kids off at preschool at nine until I have to leave at one, you know, 15, 120 to go get them. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like, you know, a long time, but I also have Dak in those hours. So if he's not napping, He's in full, you know, into everything mode. Right. So that's all. We're just moms uh, trying to make it. I would like to 
Marie Kondo everything. Like, have you, you've heard that phrase? Uh-uh. Um, it's basically this woman. It's like, if it doesn't have, if it doesn't bring you joy or happiness, or if it doesn't have a purpose, then get rid of it. So yes. with us moving, like that's kind of what I've already started doing. Like I've already started, um, getting rid of things, um, going through kids clothes. Um, yeah. Travis and I talked about, I would, I want to say Travis and I talked about, I told Travis, <laughs> we were going to get rid of all the girls clothes and basically buy new clothes, um, just for that season and go at it from that point, like kind of like live smaller. So like have, I don't know, like 10 nice shirts, um, a couple of pairs of shorts, a couple of pairs of leggings, um, and kind of go that route. Um, just so we're not getting overwhelmed with things that we don't need, um, and let the girls pick them out. And so that way yeah. we're, we're prepared for the seasons, but we don't overly have too much, too much stuff. Or I've noticed here lately, um, you know, that whole thing that's going, that's gone around the last couple of years, I feel like more so than, um, when we were younger, it's more about experiences versus toys. I've kind of lived by that yeah. motto. I'm always yeah. trying to get rid of things. And I feel like internally here lately, um, getting off of the, you know, Marie Kondo kick and trying to like get rid of things. I have an exception to that. Like, I feel like I have been giving them an option since they've been on social media so much. I'm like, well, we'll just get rid of your toys because you're on your tablet so much. And so I have been, I've gotten rid of like all their toys. Well, now I feel like they're, we've kind of seen social media make them cranky. Um, yeah. And so we've been trying to like reintroduce toys back into their lives. Cause they've been taking more time out since we've been grounding them. Um, trying to like get them back in order. I feel like they kind of got off on this um, discipline free uh, role here lately. Yeah. So we've been taking away social media and they've been helping do chores They've been happier with social media being absent. Um, yeah. They've been, you know, sparking more creative play. So I'm like, well, maybe we'll just take the plunge and get rid of their tablets and things, except for, you know, long trips in the car or yeah. traveling situations. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm thinking, how can I Marie Kondo the house, but also rebuy these toys that they're interested in and have an organizational playroom like where's the balance on that so I'm trying to get my life in order um this is why we need to go to Ikea because my playroom or not my playroom my kids playroom is also very disastrous and unorganized because like all their stuff is in one area like it's you know four kids all their toys and all their stuff and our kids are the same ages so like like Finley is very much still into toys Bo is still much very into toys and then um Chevy still has, like, he will play with his trucks and his army men, but he also has, you know, this is farming game and his PlayStation, but Ikea is where I need to be. Um, Jacksonville has an Ikea right there. Um, so I feel like when I was there, I didn't fully take advantage of it. So now that we live here in Memphis is the closest Ikea, and I've seen all the ways that TikTok and Pinterest have organized their things. Yeah. Um, I thought like my kids would thrive under that organization. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they do. Addie's really strict about her room. Like all of her stuffed animals have a place. Um, Gracie is very particular. Also, I wouldn't say as organized when it comes to her bedroom, but she everything does have a place, whether it be yeah um, 
whatever is meaningful to her versus like everything. She's like, I don't know. I feel like um, that's Chevy and Bo. Like Chevy, he hates to clean up his room. He hates to put his stuff back where it goes. But like, he also likes when it's in order and he knows where it goes. He doesn't like Mm -hmm. the pickup aspect of it. Um, Bo gets very attached to his stuff. So like he would sleep with every single toy he had if he could, just because he's like so attached to it, but he likes to know where his things are. Right. But um, Finley, she can give a crap less. She'll, she'll play with anything and she'll just throw stuff around and she doesn't care. Kennedy would be that way, but I feel like (laughs) Travis has been more hands-on with like trying to make sure when he's here before he leaves, he'll like tell them Um, he had this really long talk with them the other night about helping out and, the older yeah. they get, the more they value those conversations with him. And I feel yeah. like he's getting it too. Like he's feeling like the conversations that they have are long lasting. Like they're memorable. Like it's residing in them. And yeah. so when they had that talk, you could change, you could see there was like a change in their overall behavior in their attitudes. Um, and so with Kennedy, Kennedy, but she just cannot stand to disappoint him. Like they have like a, father-daughter bond that's I don't understand it um so if he tells her to do something and she feels like it would disappoint him she would do anything that she could to not like make him upset or whatever and then for him also like if he has to like get onto her he can't he can't stand it he can't do it so she'll keep her room clean for him but if it were me she'd be like um I don't think I'm going to do that Finley she she's definitely more like like with Shane, I don't know if I've said it on here. She'll like, she will literally wake up and look at me and be like, yeah, that's why you're not my best friend. My daddy is. And I'm like, I don't like, did you wake up ready to fight today? Like, I don't, <laughs> but then she'll be like, Hey mom, like you're my bestie, but he's my best friend. And I'm like, okay, like I'll take it. That's fine. But he, she is just like obsessed with him. And, but she also doesn't care. Like she cares. Like if he gets onto her, she gets her feelings hurt a lot more than if it's me. But she just has this like spitfire personality where I don't know where she's going with it. She does not care. She'll stick her tongue out and she'll just be like, I don't know. She'll just like make little faces and then she will push whatever button she can. And I'm like, gosh. So I was scrolling and I saw this TikTok and it's Adrian um, Balin. I think is how you say it. Adrian Balin. How do you say it? Uh, Balone or balone I can't do it now I had it until you said it balone she was the she was on cheetah girls yes I saw where also like she she said that she cringes like she never wanted a boyfriend to watch her because she she was a um she was like I was just starting to feel like you know like I was older but I was not older but like early like I don't know if she was like early 20s or how old she like was during that filming but she was like I was starting to feel like you know, young and sexy. Like I was old enough to, you know, start feeling myself. And she said, um, I never like what boy, what man is going to want me when I'm on Disney channel. And so she was talking about, it and I thought it was so funny. And she said, she still, I don't know if her husband's watched it. I'm sure he has, but she's like, I do not let him watch that with me because I cringe the entire time. <laughs> you saw who she dated, right? Um, the Kardashian or not the Kardashian. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Rob Kardashian. Yes, almost, uh, he has problems, so they don't keep him in yeah. the spotlight. Well, she was saying that she read an email, or not, sorry, she wrote an email to him 
Um, and he read it on the show and she was like, it was so funny because he read it on TV and he like it, everyone thought that like her new boyfriend wrote it and she was like, no, really, he just wouldn't quit blowing up my phone. So me and my best friend were sitting on a sofa and we typed up the email as if it were coming from a new man to get him to leave me alone. But really it was me and my best friend. It was funny. I was like, I would have never thought about that. That's hilarious. What? That's something I would do in a heartbeat. Oh, I didn't know that they dated until um I don't know she's been all over my TikTok lately her and um I don't know if it was from like the Selena Gomez and like Jenner drama that that Mm kind of brought in Rob Kardashian and Adrian I don't know but I've been seeing a lot of her um like they take a lot of her clips from her show yeah um their talk show and that's what this is is a clip from the talk show but I I see those a lot and then I did see where he was like introducing her to his family for the first time but it was on the kardashian show yeah i, I saw that i'm gonna play it oh i have an amazing dad you know but i don't know what i'm trying to say i don't know what sometimes if you saw like my mom went through a lot okay and poppy i mean the best like i hate saying that but if i could um if i could delete some things of some moments where you're like oh but then you look back and you're like oh maybe maybe you had a lot of pressure on your life maybe you're the only one in this country from your entire family you're alone like there's so many things that now as a adult I could be like okay I I could get it I I have a better understanding and that's why I wish I could forget so we so I could have um, a better relationship yes so that was that. If I get emotional, um, Leslie will cringe, I'm sure. Just a little. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like it was so relatable just like with him not being there. And then, I don't know, just like celebrating my listener's birthday and just everyone was there, even my stepmom. Um, well, she's not really my stepmom, but he's was with her forever and they were engaged. Um, but But in true... My dad fashion, like I said, he claims he forgot. And I think Corey was kind of upset about it, but um, I don't know. I feel like that TikTok hit hard. <laughs> um, I like how she was trying to get inside his mind on of, of her poppy, what she said, like her dad, trying yeah. to um, figure out where his mindset was um during those times where she was saying like she wishes she could erase things like for my mom and like my mom and dad they they chase each other from state to state my mom had a pretty rough childhood like if 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 I could (laughs) if I could collect the stories and turn that into a writer that it would be movie worthy because it's so crazy that it would like people would just wouldn't believe it um yeah her parents like my grandfather he he was always running from someone or something and um she had her house burned down when she was little she's had my grandfather cheat on cheat on uh my grandmother multiple times um you know it was just she didn't have the best example and then she had her own demons that she was facing in her marriage so yeah. i know um her and i talked about it as i've gotten older about how I think I would have done things differently 
if she was a dif- in a different place instead yeah. of trying to figure her own life out. And I just don't, I feel like she was still doing what I'm doing now in a sense, but I feel like I've grown a lot more than she did at this age and time. Um, So I I feel like that's kind of like what Adrian was saying. She was like trying to, in a way, therapeutically go back and put herself in her dad's shoes and say, yeah, see why. And I understand why looking back, I wish as a child, maybe I would have understood then. So I didn't feel the way I feel now. Cause once the trauma is there, it's there. Yeah. I feel, um, me and my mom, we get, I feel like she's one of my best friends. Like we talk about stuff. She knows a lot of like how, not necessarily how I feel, but we've talked about like things that have happened in my childhood. And I just feel like I'm so protective over her. So things that happened in their marriage that happened in my childhood that wasn't like stuff I experienced and stuff that I went through and saw like I'm holding, I, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm holding my dad, not accountable. I feel like I'm holding it against him. Like, I feel like the memories from my childhood have made me feel a certain type of way. And like, once I feel that way, it's like, okay, there's like, once I feel that way, <laughs> like yesterday I was aggravated and I'm like, once I feel that way, like just, I don't know, just, let me be, but we also don't talk about it. Like yesterday, you know, I, you were like, you're aggravated. And I was like, yeah, I am aggravated, but like, like I am, but I'm not, I know I am, but I shouldn't be. So just like, give me a minute. And then we talk through it, whatever. And I feel like with my dad, it's like, like I've, I've gotten this memory, like this core memory from my childhood and just mul- actually multiple memories much from my childhood that, um, that weren't necessarily, let's say weren't my business, but like it was things that were happening in their marriage mm-hmm. that I was witnessing. But outside of a husband, like he was a good dad to us as kids. And so I'm holding stuff against him that happened in their marriage versus like stuff that, and I feel like okay. a lot of that went into like a, our, my adulthood. Yeah. I mean, I have a perfect example of that. Um, I have like a ton of different examples. This one was kind of the one that broke the, camel's back for me um I was in high school and um me and my sister got into this huge fight and my mom was out of town and my dad was like up in upstairs in our like three-story like townhouse thing yeah and uh, he was like kind of like pouting or like put away just like not in the mood to talk you get like we knew something was up yeah um, he was trying to like stay away from us to kind of shield us from what was going on, like why mom was out of town and what, and whatever. But we were, we've always been really open with our dad, uh, me and my sister, Ashley. Um, and so there wasn't really much hiding because we were so transparent. Like we have a different father daughter relationship, um, than like other traditional father daughter relationships, I guess. Yeah. So uh, he told us that mom was gone and that she was cheating and, uh, mom came back and we had like a family meeting downstairs when she got back and I remember throwing the remote at her or like in her general direction and before we had the family meeting I told dad I was like if you're not happy and if you're not getting treated the right way then leave yeah it's not fair to you it's not fair to us leave and he did that's that was the that was the family talk that we had mom said she was unhappy um 
I'm not putting the blame on mom. I'm just saying, like, at, yeah. you know, they had their relationship, whatever happened then. Um, mm-hmm. But I told dad, like, I respected his decision um, and that he needed to go be happy. And so he did. Yeah. Like, he, that's when they separated. And then um, mom assumed she was going to take both kids. And I was like, well, that's not fair. Both parents shouldn't have or one parent shouldn't have both kids. So that's when I went with my dad to Tennessee. And that's how I became. I started at Cheatham and everything because I didn't want one parent to have both kids. I didn't think that was fair. Yeah. Uh, but situations like that where, you know, like I kind of held mom to a standard. It was kind of like, why do you keep, you know, doing this runaround dance with him? Like, let him go, you know? Yeah. Or just like, if she was unhappy, then she should have said, Hey, I'm gone. You know, like, don't try to, I don't know stay together just out of convenience for the kids because it's not yeah. you know, helping the kids. It's making it worse. Me and my dad, I feel like we're so much alike, like more than I think. And mm-hmm. so we don't get like deep into stuff. And like the night that I took him home before Thanksgiving or the night before Thanksgiving, it was like, I was, like I was trying to bring things up and trying to talk, but nothing's ever his fault. So I kind of shut down and I'm also like, he has a temper. And so I don't want to poke the bear kind of thing. And so, yeah, I just, all right, well, I'll just be quiet. And then I have to hold things in, but that's not fair. Like you, you put me through things. You should have to listen on how I feel about those things. But also, you know, childhood me is like, Oh no, like, you know, like I'm not going to poke the bear because I know how it blows up later or yeah. Yeah. Um, but my mom, she's so emotional and I feel like I can talk to her about anything and I'm very emotional, but I feel like when she cries or something, she's like, why are you looking at me? And like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> kind of like you are with me. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do, but I'm also so protective over her. So those things that I like witnessed or that I went through with her, my brothers weren't a part, like my brother didn't see um, my brothers. They didn't like see things or they didn't witness things. And so I feel like that's why they kind of have a whole different perspective on my dad. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like I'm holding him to a standard that he doesn't even realize. Like I've tried to talk to him about things. And like I said, like he kind of shuts it down, but I've never just been like, Hey, listen to me. Like I'm an yeah. adult, you're an adult. And I, I don't know. I feel like I should do better that way. If something were to happen, because Lord knows, like nobody knows, you know, what can happen. And so I would kick myself and I would be so hard on myself if something happened today because I haven't talked to him since the night that I took him home before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Corey's like, Oh, I talked to dad. And like, he's not coming to this party. And he was all disappointed. And to me, I was just like, Oh, like go figure. But I think that's why me and my dad have such a non-traditional um, relationship because I've been, and he says this um, better than anybody. He sh- he'll say, she's been my friend, my sister. Um, she's been like a wife. Like I've played every role. Like, Mm-hmm. in his life not in that yeah. saying wife sounds weird because it's like you know you your mind goes to the gutter or whatever but it's it's more so like I've I've had to you're holding him accountable like a spouse in every yeah in every aspect yeah. because he was transparent with us because he didn't have like he really didn't have anyone else who understood because they weren't in the same situation yeah um, and like my parents didn't have the best relationship with my grandparents uh, my dad would talk to his mom and his dad, but my mom didn't have a relationship with them. And yeah. then um, my grandmother, she was a difficult, my, 
my Grammys. She was difficult. That was my mom's mom. Um, she loved me unconditionally. Like I was the favorite. That's just how it was. Um, but she was very, um, very judgy when it came to my mom. Um, like my uncle was, he's perfect. He can do no wrong. He's like an apostle Mm -hmm. literally to her. And so mom could never do anything good enough. Um, so for like my family, my mom and dad, um, it was kind of like they had each other. And then when they didn't have each other, they were pretty much just alone. Um, so I feel like that's why him and I are so, you know, close, I guess, like we're, we're more on a friend friendship level versus like father daughter level, because we talk everything through and we are so much alike when it comes to those situations. Like we don't, we're not emotional, um, at all. Like we can talk things out and just like shut off. We grieve the same way. Um, so I feel like for us. Um, I read this article, like when we talked next about the 30 things before um, I turned 30 thing, one of the points on there was like forgiving your parents and trying to grow through childhood trauma. And for me, like, I feel like I don't have to do that with my dad because him and I talked everything out in those moments. And so I went through that with him. Yeah. You think you'll be able to forgive your dad and like heal from that? Or do you think he won't, like you said, he won't have that talk with you. And so you can't ever move past it. I feel like he, like, he's not, I feel like he could be very emotional, but kind of like me, like we harbor everything for my mom. Like she's very much taught me here lately that if there's an issue, like I'm going to talk to you about it. And so like I'm learning to be more that way and to like, let people know like, Hey, you hurt my feelings. And this is why, because I like, I want my kids to be that way. I don't want my kids to hold things in. Like I hate I hate holding things in and then just blowing up and then I'm trying to be better. But I feel like my dad does that. And he, I don't know, like he was such a good dad to us when we were kids. I don't know if I already said that, but um, it's like, I feel like I was just like, you said your mom had a rough childhood. Like my mom had a rough childhood as well. And so like, once she had us, like we were her life and that was what she had. Yeah, like her and her mom awesome. had a very rocky relationship. Um, She had her sister, but like, like I have cousins, like she had you know, her own kids and stuff. So it was like, once my mom had us and I know she was putting her all into us. So like all I wanted to do getting older was just, I don't know, like I, me and her have arguments and I don't know if she'll, she'll probably be emotional if she listens to this, but like all I've ever wanted to do is just like protect her. Cause she mm. I just is like the best person. But then my dad, I'm like, well, it's really not fair to him because the stuff that was going on that I was witnessing was in their marriage. It wasn't things that he was doing to me specifically or, and like, if my mom can move past that, like, why can't I, but then I feel like it's something I need to talk through with him, but it's awkward. Like we, we were so close at one point until he like brought my stepmom in, which I do, like, I love her. Um, and, but they had like Dylan and Colton and they kind of had their own little family. And then I, yeah. they got to a point to where like things were going on that I didn't want to be around at all, like at my dad's house. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like since I was probably. 15 or 16 the relationship has been very just non-existent like we've talked and stuff but it's not been about anything that's worth anything really I guess and um I've tried to just like reach out and just be like hey like I'm not judging you like you know I don't know if he's still in active addiction I haven't talked to him in the past few months but I would hope he's doing well but I'm like you would think that he like I'm the kid, he's the adult. So you would think that he, like I harbor all these feelings and I feel bad enough. Like I need to do better, which I do. 
but then like, are you having these things? Like, I'm a kid, like you're my yeah. dad. I'm not your, I'm not your mom. You're my dad. I don't even know if like any of this makes sense, but I'm just like that TikTok really hit home. But then it's also like, if I do, like I have tried to talk to my dad in the past or whatever, and he kind of just throws up like things my mom has done or did. And I'm like, okay, but this isn't about her. This is about me and you. And I don't think he understands. He was pretty close with, not pretty close, but like Chevy knew who he was and stuff um, when he was littler. But Bo and Finley, they don't even, like, they don't even ask about or think about, like, they don't even realize that he was ever there. And then Chevy, a few months ago, he, whenever my dad did show up, he was like, oh, I thought you didn't have a dad. Like, he had forgotten. Like, when he sees him, he's like, oh, yeah, that's who that is. Yeah. But not seeing him, him not coming around, like, he literally thought, like, oh, I forgot, I forgot you had a dad, like, you don't have a dad because my stepdad who I would really consider, you know, another dad is to him. Like he sees that as just Josiah's dad. And so I'm like, that's so like, I want my kids to know my dad, but I don't know. It's like, do I fix it even though he can't really be fully present in my life or do I leave it alone and then have all this regret? I feel like it's such a hard thing to try to maneuver. I think if he's not in the right mindset, um, to where you're at now, like you see, Mm -hmm. you can separate just a statement alone saying like you can separate the fact that like you are well aware that what you're holding against him really had nothing to do with him in certain in certain instances yeah. and that you did take your mom's side more just because you felt like yeah. you had to protect her um I feel like our fam our families both um I feel like I could say that confidently that um there is a lot of um built-in resentment like oh, well, they did this and they did this and they did this. And it's always this back and forth push and pull game that no one is ever going to really find the root of the accountability or be able, able to separate. Yeah. Them. Regardless of these things that have happened, you know, you still have a kid here who was affected by these things and they're wanting to move past. Like, yeah. even though y'all were doing the best y'all, that y'all could and you had mm-hmm. that happen to you, I was affected by this. And I want to work some of the things that I saw yeah. and that I was affected by. Like it's, I think it's, I don't think that our parents are able to separate it. And yeah. by, when I say our parents, like my mom can't um, separate the things that happened. Like she blames a lot of stuff on my dad's family and yeah. my dad and that she can't get over that. And so she can't understand <clears throat> the relationship that I have with my family yeah. on my dad's yeah. side because she can't separate things that were ha- happened to her. So I feel like until your dad is in that mindset um, that you're in now, it's it's going to be really hard because I feel like I've yeah. tried to have the same conversations with my mom and until she can see the fact that like that some of the things that have happened to her are not the same things that happened to me yeah, and, and go off there. Um, do you think he'll be ever be able to? Well, he's like, like you said, like, I feel like he has to be in the right mindset. Cause I, but I you get what I'm saying though. Like, yeah. Um, well, I feel like anytime I, like we talk, he's like, you never call me. You never do this. You never do that. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I have four kids. I'm a wife. I am a stay at home mom. I'm a working mom. I am trying to make time for my friends, trying to make time for myself while also being a good mom, being a good wife. Like you're one person and you like, you're not, you don't have responsibilities like that. Like, don't like, yes. I, he's like, well, you talk to your mom all the time. And I'm like, I do talk to my mom all the time, but she also makes a point like before they moved and we're closer, she 
FaceTimed my kids every single night. Mm-hmm. Like she, I'm like, mom, like she shows up and she shows out. Like there's no doubt about that. And so your mom's literally <laughs> adding people to the VIP page right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, Corey had called her the other day. This is like totally off subject and I'll go back to what I was saying, but this is funny. Corey had called her the other day and was like, um, Layla really <laughs> cupcakes and cake pop because they'd order Layla a cake. And she was like, okay, next day she goes and gets stuff for cake pops, but she also has like a big weekend. And so she called him back the next day and she's like, Hey, I got everything for cake pops, but I'm sorry. Like I can't do cupcakes. And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, I didn't mean to say that. Like she didn't really want that stuff. And she's like, what? And so, um, she's still in true, um, Nana fashion made the cake pops, put them on, like, you don't have to dip them. And then you have to, like, put them flat or whatever. Yeah, so she yeah. put a, like, a graham cracker, like, a little topper on it. And then filled the little bag with marshmallows. And then, like, made them all cute. And I'm, like, she really, like, she, <laughs> she was a little late to Layla's birthday. But she showed up with those cake pops. <laughs> like, she. Yeah. She showed up. She was showed up. up. Yeah. But it's almost like if I, like, anytime I say something, it's the comparison. Like, oh, your mom, your mom, your mom. Right. So my mom doesn't do that. Like I, I can talk to her about stuff. Like we've talked about, uh, like I've said, we've talked about stuff that happened in my childhood and she will take accountability. And she's like, I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry that I put you through that. And like, she'll like, she'll admit stuff that she did wrong and stuff that like, I don't even bring up. Like she just says like things that she realized that she did wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm like thankful for that. Like, I don't need, you know, like, I don't need this big apology or for her to tell me that she's wrong or this and that. Like I'm thankful for it, but like all I really want is for them to like hear me and she lets me know that she hears me and that she's, you know, she's sorry for whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't understand like my dad, if he's just too prideful or maybe he's embarrassed and he doesn't, I don't think he honestly knows how to talk, like not talk, but like have a conversation. Like him and my brothers are so close, but they, they feed, they're toxic for each other. They feed negativity off of each other and they get into toxic situations together. And when it comes to me, I feel like for me and him, it starts with the conversations from my childhood. And I don't know if he'll ever be up to having those deep conversations without putting the blame on someone else and without just like, like just hearing me out. See, I'm like listening to you speak emotionally on topics like And I can't relate in that sense because like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like something might be wrong with me because I can't connect on that level. Like I can look at things analytically and just be like, like, I don't understand why my mom can't separate my dad's family and my dad and like, understand like you chose to build a life with this person. Like that is my family. So like, I can't control that. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the conversations we have she she she's very emotional like she'll look at it like you know like well why can't you it's almost like a loyalty thing like why can't you have my side on this because of what they did to me and how they did this and how they did that and I can't relate so I feel like her and my sister have always been closer because my sister could you know turn her emotions on and be you know she had a big heart she could be real sympathetic with things and me I just can't do it like it's just kind of like like with my mom, with her grieving process with my sister, I cannot help her with that because I can't emotionally connect to that. Like I can't, Yeah. there's so much wrong on that level. So like, I'm, I'm proud of you for wanting to, to relationship with your dad, but 
he's treating your brothers like friends. Like he's not being a dad. He's just being a pet and he's detached from you because you can't be his friend in a sense. That's what I'm taking from. Well, like in high school, I quit going there at a certain time because I'm like, my brothers were already, you know, like I did my things, but they were wilding out by themselves. And I'm like, I don't want any part of this. So they would go there. Like Kendall ended up moving in with him because it was like a, oh, I can do whatever I want when I want. Right. And I kind of had that too, to a sense to where like, like I had, um, you know, there was a, you know, boys that would come over or whatever. And my dad would be like, oh, she's upstairs. And, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm a teenager and my dad's just like letting boys, you know, come to my room upstairs or whatever. But then looking back, I'm like, what? I was 15, 16. Like what dad really is going to be like, yeah, like my daughter's upstairs. Like, you know, no, my dad, uh, he would you know, sit like, on the couch like, with us. <laughs> I'm like, why did you not care enough to be like, no, like, sorry, she can come downstairs. And, and then he used to let, um, <laughs> he used to let Tom, um, pick me up. <laughs> That's the, like when he would come over, maybe he looked at him and thought like, can we talk about Tom? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, maybe he looked at him and thought like, he was you harmless. Know? Yeah. And so that, cause that was the boy that he would, you know, send to my room or whatever. And then he would let him pick me up for dates and he would never even talk to him. And I'm he like, gives me says vibes. Nathan was like tossing bullets at prom dates and stuff. But I'm like, why couldn't you care? Like, but I didn't want to do whatever I wanted. Like he was essentially letting me do whatever I wanted, but I was like, Nope, I don't want any part of this. And so I was like, uh, there was a point where I just didn't go back to my dad's house, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I was just <laughs> thinking uh, whenever I'm like, I'm just making a movie up in my mind as you're talking. And I'm just picturing like um, very much Fez vibes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm picturing that 70s show. I'm picturing like Fez and your dad's like, oh, he's like, harmless. Or even if not, people, but like he's a foreigner. Uh, people make jokes. Well, not people. Um, anybody that knows um, who I lost my virginity to makes jokes. And I'm like, you know, he had a really good personality. We were friends. He was funny. My husband gets a real big kick out of that one. I get a kick out of that one. I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I just can't see y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to picture you. But it wasn't the fact that like he, like, yeah, like he was Chinese, like, but it was also just like, so his parents owned the only Chinese restaurant that was in our, you know, that was in Ashland city at the time, or I'm, I think there was a buffet, but like he, their his parents owned like the main one. So it was like, all right, his parents own the, you know, the Chinese restaurant, his last name's Dong so there's my little fun fact in there you could have been Kayla Dong uh my mom never even knew like she didn't know did she know him though yeah she caught him this is like where I mean like I this is like what I did I this is like the worst I did I feel like I've only seen him one time when I first moved here and so I'm just picturing he would take me home from school sometimes but my mom thought I was riding the bus and like she would not approve of you know a boy bringing me home from school right because she was you know didn't get off till five or whatever and then one day he brought me home and she was in the house and I was like oh crap so she starts calling me she said get in this house right now and because she had thought you know I was riding the bus and I thought I was being smooth and she comes home early and doesn't tell anybody that she's you know getting off work early and I was like, uh, to where, like, I feel like I could have just went to my dad's and, you know, he's like, yeah, go upstairs. But I was like, nope, like, I do not want any part of this. I know but, some kids really thrive um, under 
structure and I felt like you're you, know, Almost, you needed that you wanted that I definitely wanted the structure and I was also like like I cheered and uh like I loved it and so I didn't want I didn't want anything to jeopardize that and then also right. when I was at my dad's it doesn't matter what time we we could have woken up at 4 30 in the morning we were still late to school and mm-hmm. so I had got my SS for being late and this is also goes back to like last week's topic when we were talking about perfect attendance like I got in school suspension in high school for being late when I couldn't even drive. Right. Like it was not my fault, but anyway, so that was another thing. Like I'm pretty sure if I would have gotten ISS again, I probably would have been running in practice. So I was like, you know what? This isn't going to work. And then, um, I don't know. I just feel like, like all I want is for him to just take accountability and just be like, Hey, I'm sorry. But like, also don't apologize if you don't mean it. I'm really big on that. Like, don't, you know, if you don't think yeah. you did something wrong, that's fine. Don't, you don't have to apologize, but also almost like just hear me out without, without trying to interrupt me and put the blame on somebody else. Just let me say what I have to say. And then if you want to blow up or want to do whatever, want to do that, then blow up or do whatever. But I feel like I would get a sense of peace by just letting it out. I have such a good idea. Um, until you hear it, then you'll probably be like, yeah, probably not so much. <laughs> Um, I think you should go to the dollar store, go get you a little notebook, a nice pen, maybe color code it, like almost not journal, but like almost write a guide, like a Ned C classified guide to your dad on how to hear you out. Like put, just write him everything you want to write out and just say, burn this after you're done. You know what I mean? Like if you feel like that's what it takes to do, then do that. But this is how I I feel. This is me laying it all out. Do with yeah. this what you will, but please don't come at me until you feel like you're ready, you know? So I don't have the same, um, the same like built up need for closure as you do. And so like, yeah. I, I really hope you could get it because I see how much it, like it bothers you and how much you really do wish that you could have that relationship with your dad. And I think it's important to also note, like you're making a lot of progress just not, I wouldn't say within this podcasting time, cause it's only been almost like a month. Um, but I think it's been within the last year or the last six months to where you're trying to be, you're trying to cut things out of your life that, that hold a lot on you, like negative energy, positive energy. Yeah. Like if it's taking up amounts of your time and causing you, um, a lot of emotional stress that you're trying to like figure out the source of it. And you're trying to deal with it. So that way you can like move past that and then like work on you as a mom or work on you as whatever you want to do next. So like, I feel like that's an important topic to like breach to is like you trying to move through your past to let go of your past so you can move on with what you need to get done in the future and who you are and want to be. Um, in the future. So I feel like a lot of this podcasting thing, um, we might be taking steps back towards things that have affected us in the past and that we might still cling on to only because until we let go of the past and learn from the past, we won't be able to move on with what we have going on next, which would be 30 things to do before I turn 30. And I tried getting you to do it. And no, you but I almost it. thought it was like, uh, like you saying, forgive your parents. I feel like that's a good one. And, but I almost took it as like, 
almost like a vacationing bucket list kind of thing. And I, yeah, I guess see, that's how I took it. You, are, you were being a terrible friend and you weren't listening to me. You were just saying, oh, I don't have time for that. And it was you and Ashley Bowling. Y'all both like, we don't have time for that. We can't do that. And I was just like, okay, fine. You'll see. But it's little things like uh, it was more. Okay. So I will come back and I will say, I will make my own list of things and I'm going to take that one that you put on yours and, or did you put that on yours or is that just something you saw? No, it was just something that I saw on it. I okay. didn't feel like it was well, something that ended with me because, um, I feel like for us, like I've had that conversation with my mom. Yeah. Like we've, we're, uh, me and my mom are in a good place. Me and my dad are in a good place. Um, like it's just, I think if anything, I have to work through past things would be things that like with my sister passing and me unlocking whatever I have going on in my head. But other than that, like, I feel like I'm good in that area. So I will read off what I have on my list so far. So if you want to get ideas, you can, it's not all about like traveling and, um, um, I would like to travel. Um, I have a couple of those on here a little bit before I turn 30, but no, I think, I wasn't necessarily like shutting down the idea, but in my mind, you know, bucket lists are more like places you want to go. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, four kids, a husband, um, don't really have time to do a whole lot of that. Like we, we do not like, like family vacations we do, but like, like you said earlier, you've never taken a girl's trip. I haven't either. Well, you took never been on, you have, you were able to go on vacation with your friends multiple times. And that was kind of like, it didn't have to be a girl's trip. strictly we don't get like girl time though like there's no like like we're at the beach the most time we get just the girls is like maybe walking to panapolis to get a drink or like there's no like hey one night we're gonna go and it's just gonna be us girls okay let me rephrase that the y'all's basket night would be an equivalent of a girl's trip that would be something you could put on your list like a whole night with you not with your kids or husband you know be something no i want like a whole easy without my kids or husband like I want a real, I've never been on a real girl's trip or yeah. even a real trip without my kids. I've never been anywhere on a vacation without my kids. Um, I love my kids, but I feel like getting a vacation by yourself with your friends or with your husband would be a whole different pull. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of, um, of the list that I saw, it was like either take a trip alone, um, take a girl's trip, whether it be just for, you know, a weekend or um, you know, a three or four day trip. They had that, they had, you know, just you and your husband going on, you know, a trip, just the two of you. Um, yeah. I'm going to read mine so you can get some ideas. Okay. Um, so 30 before 30, ride on a train, go camping. So this, these are things that the kids can be, you know, with us, not with us. It's just kind of like, it is what it is situation. Yeah. Um, attend a hockey game, adopt the one hour rule, which is like cleaning the house and picking up for an hour, like getting yeah. everything I can in an hour. Um, did, I, did I tell you about that? Yeah. Or we've both talked about it. Yeah. I didn't know. I saw the TikTok and I, or I remember telling my mom about it, but, but that would be easy enough. You know what I mean? It's something I could do. It's um, something that I've like tried to implement and every day, like obviously like different things. Like I feel like when your kids are sick, it's very hard to implement because you can't just do something straight for an hour. You have, you know, you have You've been holding Laura alive for like seven days straight. So it's like, <laughs> it's been hard. So, but I have like when the days that like, if I come in and Dak's napping and I know he's in the nap for a while and we're not recording, I'm like, okay, you know, set your timer for an hour and don't like, 
don't put your mind on like, gosh, I need to get the kitchen done, the bathroom clean. You just put your timer on for an hour, throw a podcast in or music, whatever. And right. you get what you can done in an hour that way. That's an entire hour that you're just productive, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. Um, but it's something like that. Like it's little things like this that are attainable that you yeah. would try to do for 30 days. And then it's so natural that, um, it wouldn't, you, you know what I mean? Like it would just be, yeah. um, I, part of your um, routine. I have one already. Stop snoozing. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that goes along with my next one about <laughs> getting in shape. So run a 5k. Um, oh, I got two years. Really good one. So I think that'd be fun. I used to run track or cross country, not track, started off track. And then I liked running longer, uh, longer distances. So I feel like that would be attainable within the next two years. Um, I'd like to get chickens, um, go to a drive-in movie. Like I said, kids can go too. you know, that's something we could do as a family. Um, take Ashley's ashes to pretty place chapel, go on a vacation with friends, make a quilt, visit a new state, read 30 books, send snail mail, uh, 30 random acts of kindness, host a dinner party, see the Northern Lights, visit my friends in Jasper, Alabama, and see the Nutcracker with my Mimi. Because she took us when me and my sister were young um, in Jacksonville to see the Nutcracker. So Uh that's something to do again now that I'm older. Just maybe me and her. Um, So I have 18 out of 30 written down so far. See, those are like obtainable things. I feel like in my mind, I was thinking of like, I don't know what, I didn't even like question though. I just kind of like threw it out the window, mm-hmm. but hearing your list is like, okay. That's and yours could be, it could be something as simple as like, like I something that I might still implement. <laughs> it was like, get better on taking pictures of myself. Um, Have you seen the TikToks where the moms are like videoing their self and they're just like laughing in the camera, making it look like. Yes, they're trying to catch because there there's no one there to take the pictures of themselves. Yeah, they're like, all right, this is like this is so that they can play a video of me at my funeral because they don't have yes. for me. Yeah, that's pretty like that was one of the ones I was thinking about writing down. Um doing there was like this, you know that trampoline or like bungee jumping um class where they, they do like aerobics. It's some kind of have you seen that? No. They have like these bungee cords connected to them. And then like to the ceiling and then you're either doing like workouts where like you're doing like a push-up connected to the bungee, the bungee thing, or you're, um, I, it, it's like, it's a new kind of class. And I was like, that would be really cool to look into. Um, I put down, like, there was the one about forgiving your parents and like mm-hmm. moving past that, like trying to work through that. Um, there's a lot of people put down, like taking their kids to Disney or, um, doing a pottery class, doing a yoga class, planning a garden, um, paying off credit cards, buying a new vehicle, buying a house, having a baby. Um, a lot of these were uh, about single women too, about like um, quitting your job and living overseas or um, getting your heart broken or um, dating a foreigner like all these kind of really fun things that I'm like if single people are listening like that might be something they want to do before they turn 30 or 40 like I feel like this is something I'll do um every like you know 10 years or every five years maybe like 35 and then 40 like make mile mark milestone birthdays that um I set goals for myself no I think that's a really good idea you have any ideas for yours that you'd like to do just off the top of your head 
besides snoozing? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of one for the podcast, like uh, uh, so was, or well, this is a goal we have this year, but I could put it down too, just because it's not been obtained yet. But like all Shane has talked about since we've been together is New York at Christmas. Yeah. And I would love it. Like love to go and love to see, you know, the big tree. And so I feel like that could be one. What about, um, so one of, one of the ones that I had in mind was like, see a Broadway show. Don't Broadway shows come to Nashville and like so. or something. So I thought about writing that yep. down. I was like, just, is, are those like, I felt like wicked came or the Lion King or something like that. I, I feel like they more. do. I'll have to look more into that because I'd like to see a Broadway show. I don't think I would make it to New York just because I don't, I'm not overly driven to go there. Like the, the vastness of the city makes me terrified. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely going to need like a, like a vacation plan mm-hmm. because I have no clue what I'm doing. So if anyone has been to New York at Christmas, that's a goal for this year. Didn't we know someone who did that? I know Ronnie went she gave me all my tips on Salem, but we didn't like do any of the, I don't want to say events, but the tours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the tours. Um, like I know that they're probably really cool, but it just like, we had all four of our kids. It just wasn't something that we were interested in, but it, just that city or town alone was so cool. And then like the whole like hocus pocus thing, it was mm-hmm. just really cool. And just to like walk around and experience it. It was just like I the coolest thing. I wanted to add to my list, but I was like, I didn't know if it was something that felt attainable. Um, I don't know if you felt this way either, but like, you know, at Christmas time, um, have you felt like you've lost like that Christmas spark or it's not the same as it was when you were a kid? Um, Yes, but I feel like it's because we have such pressure as moms to make sure it's like the most magical. I feel like even as an like a young adult like when I was like 18 19 like I still got excited like I still yeah. mm-hmm. felt I like I did too at that age I almost feel like when I became a mom the pressure of being a mom at Christmas has like that's why I've kind of like lost my spark yeah you think that's like, what I'm made- excited and I love Christmas time and like we do the elf on the shelf and we do like I try so hard to make it so magical because my mom always made it like the biggest like kind of like our birthdays like everything was just so big and so magical and but I feel like the pressure like I never knew she was under and I don't know how she handled it so gracefully while also making sure it was like but I don't think our kids like I feel like our kids do feel like it's magical but I always second guess and I don't know I feel like just the pressure of that I have on myself around Christmas kind of forces me it doesn't force me but I just have so much to do I feel like I think I'm gonna add that to my list to um take back Christmas for the next two years that is a good idea you have not followed us on instagram or facebook or where are we at what is it it's at girly talk podcast yes our page or our girly talk podcast vip group yes we have that too that we just i'm tired and i'm losing my mind that's what i'm saying so i will get off here i will talk to you later bye girlies night